Um, so much goodness. So, anyways, Heather survives, although she we thought Gosh, she might your, your die. Your definition of good is so so strange. My definition of good is 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 questionable. But like every but, every time every every time you'll describe something something terrible and lousy, and you'll be like, terrible. "This is so good." We mean terrible and lousy. We all got enjoyment. I don't believe in. Uh, I just want to state this because I've it's come up time and time again. We had a barbecue last week, and I showed some wacky films. And someone said, this is the best bad movie I've ever seen. And I had to tell them, it's not bad if you enjoy it. My attitude is not, it's so bad, it's good. My attitude is, so, it's so good, it's awesome. Is that the filmmakers missed a mark, but they hit an entirely different mark <laughs> that makes it so good. Much like the SWAT team when they shot into yes, the window. they missed the mark. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> You've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine But there'll be smiles And there'll be tears You won't watch another movie for about 800 years It's time for death By video Once again, we've gathered in the decrepit, abandoned video store south of Highway 9, just next to Markham, somewhere east of Scarborough and west of Hamilton. I am Graham. I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And we are joined yet again by a very special guest, the Soviet Union's greatest export, the one, the only... Lilian. <laughs> oh, that came out so well. And uh, we are drinking right now... A mango guava beer, courtesy of Lilian, um, from the local bird. Love trip. Love trip. Love trip. Love trip. Yeah. I, I like how you're swishing your drink around like it's a fine brandy. It's quite intense, isn't it? It is, though, yeah. I gotta sip this one. Yeah. For sure. There's, there's like a nice uh, heaviness to uh, the drink. It's, it's a sipping it's beer. Quite a, it's quite a good beer, I have to say. It is. Although chugging, it's nice, too, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> Mix it up, in between. Yes, and tonight we're watching another true crime movie, which none of us have ever seen. It is called Another Son of Sam. Another oh son. my god. There wasn't just one. There was twins. Did, did we talk about Spike Lee's Summer of Sam last week? I can't remember if we uh, did. A little bit, but nothing too heavy. I haven't seen it. I really wanted to see it, though, but it's actually, of course, out of print right now. Oh, okay. Which sucks, because uh, I'm a fan of Spike Lee, and uh, I'm a fan of films in New York set in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. It's got a lot of people in it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was uh, where I first saw Adrian Brody, or yeah, at least yeah, yeah. made aware of him. I think Marissa Tomei. No, it's not Marissa Tomei. It's the... Uh, the, the... Amira Servino. No, uh, it's actually, I'm thinking of the... Uh, 
one of the actresses from Spin City that was in The Master of Disguise. Uh, <laughs> the look on Kit's face is amazing. I forget her name right now. I, I, was, I always remember her. she's a New York actress of Italian descent. Jennifer Esposito. I swear to God, I was going to say that, but I was—I didn't think she was in Master of Disguise. Yes, she was. I was thinking of her when you said... Funnily enough, she originally had the Mirror Servino part in uh, Summer of Sam, but had to take a different role due to scheduling conflicts. Wow. So wow. it was Mira Servino. It wasn't. Okay. No, no, but she is in it. She took another part in the same movie. That was quite a coincidence, I have to say. That's kind of chilling. I did not see The Master Disguise, so I was kind of at a little loop on that one. <laughs> I've never seen it either. It's featuring Pistachio Disguise. I don't think I'm going to see that one. All right. So what have we all seen in the last week since we last recorded? Anything interesting? I've seen a few things. What have um, you seen? Phil, go for it. I finally saw your next. Really enjoyed it. Mm, good. It is a good movie, right? It is a good movie. Um, I saw Personal Shopper. Uh, yeah. Kristen Stewart's second collaboration with Olivier Assayas, uh, mm-hmm. who directed movies like The Clouds of Souls Maria, Carlos, Summer Hours, Demon Lover, uh, Irma Vap, etc. Love Irma Vap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Personal Shopper is great. Um, I actually saw Olivier in uh, in person at uh, TIFF last year. Oh, no way. When he presented a uh, restoration, a 4K restoration of Irma Vap. Right, you were telling me about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And I saw um, Ingrid Goes West. Oh, how was that? Um, it was... I liked it up to a point. Like, I, I liked it enough to recommend it, but I I felt like the ending was a little too heavy-handed. It sort of, like, undermined the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying too hard to make a statement, and it was kind of blunt-forced, yeah. Okay. And we saw Dunkirk three-quarters yes, of us here. In 70mm at the Varsity Cinema in Toronto, Ontario. And I remember walking out of it, me and uh, we went with uh, another Phil, Phil Sportle, who's not here right now. Or Sportel, rather, sorry. And his father. Uh, me, uh, Phil Sportle, Sportel, and his father um, walked up being like, oh, I loved it. And then we asked Phil Bardak, what do you think? And you were like, it was all right. Yeah, it, it was all right. Like, it was, it was uh, amazing, Phil. On a technical level, it was remarkable, but that was all there was to the movie. You weren't gripped by the difference, the stories, like, about how, like, it was just these, you know, young kids stuck on a beach trying to escape being bombed and shot by Nazis? I, I, I liked it as well, but I'm closer to Phil's thinking on this. I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's obviously a good film. It's obviously going to be up for a number of Oscars. It's obviously worth watching. That's about it, though. All right, I'm not going to fight you guys unless you guys can be wrong. Um, <laughs> Will, have you seen Dunkirk yet? No, no. But I did watch Personal Shopper. Nice. Did you watch it on Netflix as well? Yep. Nice, yep. yeah. Cool. Did you like it? Yeah, it was... Uh, I hadn't seen a movie with Kristen Stewart in a while, so yeah. it was kind of neat. And... Yeah, it was, a neat, uh, it was a neat story and everything, like yeah. storyline and all that. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else filmed last week? Um, you saw Good Time, right? Yes, I, that's right. I, I still get to see it, but I really want to see I it. I loved Good Time. Yeah. yeah. What 
It's with Robert Pattinson. The kid from Twilight, but this is, everyone's saying this is finally killing his Twilight reputation dead. Uh, very, like, low because budget he's been, he's indie film. he's been trying film. so hard to break is from that. Is that the one where he's, like, in different, with got different looks and... Yes, he does have uh, peroxide blonde hair. Yeah, and, like, a mustache and... No, he's unshaven. Uh, oh, he, he, okay, never mind. I'm thinking about another movie for a trailer or something yeah, that I saw um, recently. It's a, it's a very intense, very neon... Very anxiety-inducing movie, but but it's so but it's so riveting and so well edited and like the score is amazing by uh, Oniotrix Point Never, an ambient vaporwave guy. I really like and like the soundtrack's very like Tangerine Dream esque. Nice. I gotta yeah. I gotta squeeze that in at some point in the next. By you, the way, we you should. You would love it, Grandma. Like, not, not to be hyperbolic. I know. I, I, I have a feeling I would too. I uh, the whole the, the difficult thing is right now in Toronto when we're recording this. It is uh, September seventh, which is the start of the Toronto International Film Festival, and I am watching a ton of movies over the next ten days. So I'm gonna try and squeeze it in at some point. I really want to see Good Time. I really still want to see Logan Lucky. I still want to see Angry Goes West. I have not seen any of those films. Looking forward to it. Kit, what have you seen in the last week? Well, I did see Dunkirk as well. We've already mm-hmm. gone over that. Which you loved. Yeah, no, I, again, I liked it. I'm not okay. I'm liking it. Lots of interesting things going on. All right, all right, all right, all right. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know why you're the one being defensive. All right, all right. Come on. Um, it's I also, okay, Pamela. It's okay. Yeah, Pamela's getting worked up in the corner there. They're just uh, they're just agreeing to disagree, Pamela. It's Pamela all, doesn't. All. Pamela doesn't Go like to see to us argue. <laughs> what else have you seen? I also watched uh, uh, T two Train Spotting. Um, oh. I watched that. Yeah, yeah. How was that? I I liked it. What? I liked it because it's kind of uh, it's very self aware of its own nostalgic kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, would you call them um, requirements almost it, it, in a way it, it embraces its nostalgia <clears throat> but also then points out why it's bad to embrace nostalgia which, yeah. I, which I liked about it because it was just sort of like hey everyone's back together but it kind of sucks and nobody likes each other and no. and they're all ex-junkies and current junkies some of them and it, this isn't fun but it is fun because it's Danny Boyle Love doing what he loves to do where Spud puts the bag over his head and then pukes in the back. Oh god, as that is so visceral. Yeah, it's... Phil, have you seen that too? I've not, because uh, when you said T two, like I was thinking that you caught like the three D T two, or at least went to the royal screening that screened on the twentieth anniversary of the robot of course uprising. He didn't, Phil, because nobody likes James Cameron. His name is James, James Cameron, the bravest pioneer. No budget too steep, no seat too deep. Who's that? It's him, James Cameron. Systems are normal. You guys hearing the song okay up there? James Cameron, explorer of the sea. Yes, James, we'd hear the song. Descending to 1,000 feet. I don't see the bar yet. Looks like it must have sunk pretty low. With a dying thirst to be the first. Could it be? Yeah, it's him, James Cameron. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is a James Cameron-free podcast where we all hate James Cameron. We don't all hate James Cameron. He just doesn't make great movies. He's made a couple good ones. The rest are meh. Take that, Jimmy Cams. Anyway, yeah, no, Train Spotting was good. Um, some of the actors have <laughs> aged a little too well. 
Well, that was why they didn't do it because, like, um, like, like at one point, you and McGregor's like, "I'm 45 years old." I did a terrible Scottish accent. I promise you, <laughs> I was doing the best Scottish accent I've ever done right after watching this movie. But it's it's yeah. faded. But the, well, that's say, that's, but. that's the thing why they didn't do it because there's a actually a sequel to the book Train Spotting called Porno, which I read, and it's meant to be like 10 years later, and everyone's like older and fatter. But the cast looked too because they're all professional actors. Are like. Uh, Danny Boyle even said he's like everyone looks too good at 10 maybe at 20 and they did one at 20 still Johnny Lee Miller looks great uh, Ewan McGregor looks great Robert Carlyle has aged yeah but he was also like way older than everyone else I know and he's only supposed to be a couple years older so yeah. that's a more natural progression and mm-hmm. the, uh, the actor who plays Spot I don't remember her, the actor's name but he looks right where he should yeah look. that's uh, Ewan Bremner Ewan Bremner oh, that's other right, Ewan. Yeah. and then uh uh, what's her name? Uh, Diane. What's her name? Oh, Kelly McDonald. Well, McDonald, McDonald, who's barely in the movie, but yeah. she, she looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But I've always had a crush on Kelly McDonald. I think we all have. Kelly McDonald's great in everything. Like, she was great in Gosford Park and great on Boardwalk Empire. Great in No Country for Old Men. Yes, of course. Where everybody forgot that was her. She also made Brave. I remember. Uh, rather charming. Oh, yeah. She was the voice of the, the main character in Brave. So, anything else, Kit? Uh, well, I watched the um, double season series finale of Twin Peaks The Return. And uh, I watched it as well. Phil watched it as well. Lillian did not. So we're not going to get too into it other than I think we all liked it quite a bit. Yes. What did you see, Lillian? What have you watched lately? Um, Personal Shopper. Personal Shopper. Um, I think that's it. Like, it's funny. I, I don't come more prepared. I don't know. Um, I can't remember what I've watched. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. That's all good. It's fine. I, I have to log what I watch. Yeah? Good. Yeah. yeah, that's what this whole book I have here with me is the films for 2015, 2016, 2017. So yeah, so what I've watched since the Zodiac Killer was Dunkirk. I watched American Honey, which I loved. Um, we watched Canadian Bacon, which was a great uh, yeah, That's right, we did great watch Canadian throwback. Bacon. Canadian Bacon. Ah, uh, John Candy. Mm-hmm. The second posthumous John Candy movie. Yeah. You have it? Uh, it's on uh, Tubi TV, which is a uh, an app on my uh, Apple TV device. Michael Moore's only um, fiction film. Yep. It's so funny Depending and it's so... Depending on your politics, as other films are fiction <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. I that's, no, that's actually really good, Phil. I'm, I'm quite impressed. Um... So no, so it's it's so funny, but also like now watching it, it's so like everything in there that's like this is outrageous is now happened and is true and it's scary. Um, picking a fight with Canada for no apparent reason, it's happening. Um, um, I also watched a, um, I think it was a Danish movie called Amsterdam, which is about a uh, scuba diver who goes nuts and swims through the canals of Amsterdam and like randomly kills people so it's kind of like a slasher film underwater but not really it's got a really awesome boat chase and that's all I remember about it and then I watched this absolutely nutso film called The Uninvited from 1988 which is about a cat that has been uh, genetic experiments done on it and inside of the cat there is like a parasitic cat that like leaps out through its mouth and and kills people so the cat clearly is a um, is just a house cat that they're like leading with treats to like walk through the frame of the film. So you'll just see this cute little orange cat like walk in the lad like like weird growls underneath it. It's awesome. And then whenever the cat kills someone, it's either the cat's just like 
being thrown onto them or or it cuts to a really bad puppet of the cat's mouth opening up and this like weird demonic cat comes out of its mouth and attacks the person and sees like uh college spring breakers on the yacht of a rich guy who's trying to like get to the cayman islands to like steal some money um and it's just it's so weird and funny and like it has one of those endings to the movie where it just doesn't end because they they throw the, the the boat that they're on the yacht sinks and they're in a lifeboat and the cat jumps into the boat and it comes at them in the face and then they throw it out into the water and like oh thank god and then it jumps into the boat again and they throw it out again and they're like oh this time and it jumps in again and they're like finally they realize wait we're the only floating object out here of course it's going to come to us so they throw the cat out again and then they throw a, brie- a briefcase out into the water and the cat hops under the briefcase and then the they sail they they drift apart and then the next day like the cat washes up on shore and this little boy picks it up and pets it's like here kitty kitty and then you see this like you know purring sound and then the kid walks off camera and then you hear wow cuts credits wow that's very nihilistic and then we also watched 315 the moment of truth starring uh adam baldwin which is an awesome 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 high school movie and we followed that up with the texas chainsaw massacre 2 didn't we? I think three quarters. Three, three people stayed, and oh, a few people stayed. Yeah, you were there for both. Yeah, that was awesome. I think I described it as terrifyingly cozy. I heard there yeah. were some some brownie shenanigans, also some cookie shenanigans. Yeah, we won't go into details. Yeah, but text, yeah. When you're, it when culminated you... in me uh, eating uh, chips with Phil Sportle. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think if you're going to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, you shouldn't eat any um, jazz brownies or jazz <laughs> cookies, as some people found out at our barbecue. I'm going to let that drop. Okay, so that brings us to our film tonight. I have not seen it. No one here has seen it. Um... It was actually filmed before the whole Son of Sam murders took place. So it's clearly a cash-in on a real-life tragedy. Ba-bum-ba-bum. And very um, sensitive and thoughtful. Yeah, so we'll be back in a little bit to discuss it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Somebody said jugs. And that was another Son of Sam. So, guys. Uh, I caught a little bit of what you were saying. But uh, I, I, uh, I think we can all say we greatly enjoyed another Son of Sam. <laughs> Concurred. Yeah. Yeah, that was something. That was, that was something. It was a long 70 minutes. But uh, there was definitely a lot to chew on. So many was colorful there? names. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it's so, images to linger on, as evidenced by the costumes of freeze frame. Yeah, 
aka padding hey this scene needs to be 10 seconds longer let's just freeze frame and then have people talk over it that'll be great so kit you found a really great uh was it an imdb review or uh something from the production well, designer we, no we checked the imdb page and there are two reviews from people who have worked on this film <laughs> which i guess are the only types of people who are attracted to the imdb well page. it was this film was actually i did a little bit of research on the um uh, bleeding skull website which uh, covers a lot of regional uh, uh, cinema and uh, direct-to-video cinema from the 1980s. Although this one is very much from the 70s. And they point out that this film has been so hard to find for the longest time. It only was widely released recently on uh, as a bonus feature on the Zodiac Killer Blu-ray put out by the American Genre Film Archive in conjunction with Something Wild Video. Um, before then, there was a very, very limited run of VHS tapes in the 80s. Um, and I think the last time someone was able to purchase one of those tapes were back when it was only available on that was like $790 to, uh, to get a copy. Um, so Kit, take us through this, uh, IMDb review. Well, this is, uh, this is a one out of 10 review, uh, by a one. user named DB Selly. I would give this at least a solid 7.8. <laughs> of course you would. Um, as, okay, here's, here's, here's how it reads. As embarrassing as it is to admit, I was listed as production manager on this film. My very first! Exclamation point. As a matter of fact, it was the first feature film for almost everyone who participated. Watch carefully and you even get to see me in one of the opening scenes as assumed to be murdered asylum attendant named Selly, my own last name. Originally titled Hostages, which would make more sense. This picture was changed by another son of Sam by the producer-director who wanted to cash in on the serial killer in the news at the time. Always a classy move. Nothing could have helped. I don't even think this picture was good enough to be shown on MST3K. Mystery oh, Science, Science Theater. Theater, okay. Theater 3000, which I'm a big fan of. <clears throat> the film was shot primarily with a collection of old Mitchell cameras and early Aeroflex handheld cameras. Matter of fact, the shot of the helicopter during the hostage, hostage siege was filmed with my own WW, uh, World War II era Aerie. The picture was filmed entirely in Charlotte and Belmont, North Carolina in the mid-70s. Most of the stars, quote-unquote, were local TV newscasters, and the rest of the crew were just inexperienced enough or gullible enough to believe former stuntman and producer-director Dave A. Adams' delusions of adequacy. <laughs> delusions <laughs> of adequacy. That's going to be the title of my seventh autobiography. <laughs> yeah, like, like when you're when you're like... When that comes across as hubris, like, I'm adequate, and that's delusional thinking. Mm -hmm. Now, Lillian, there was something very specific about this film that you liked quite a bit, and I think it had to do with the pants that all the men in this film were wearing. Would you like to elaborate on that? I think we all liked this, Graham. Oh, yes. Wedgies galore. It wasn't just wedgies that you liked, Lillian. What was it, Graham? It's your story to tell, Lil. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Since you say that, I think you guys are kind of disappointed that you didn't have the nude, gratuitous nudity that you wanted and you expected no. and you hoped for. No, no, no. Am I right? No, 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 no. It would have, no. There, there, there Whoa, is, could you no, say no one more time? There, There is one. Yeah, no. I, I think he doth protest too much, don't you, Lillian? A tad, a tad. Um, no, there is one um, scene where we'd expected gratuitous movie nudity because it is that kind of film, like where they're just going to throw that in there for filler. So she's like, I'm going to go take a shower. Nope. And, and the camera actually lowers 
and you see her disrobe, but you can only see her legs at this point. And Much then you to see your her chagrin. Legs below the knee. Below the knees, and you can see her legs <laughs> walking around, and you, you, you don't get to see anything. You got the sense that old producer-director Dave A. Adams was like, I'm going to throw some nude scenes in here. And the actresses, apparently um, former um, newscasters, were like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Come to think of it, he did kind of like the below the... He liked the leg shots, didn't he? And every yeah, now and he, then, the ass would get in there. Yeah, he 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 likes he likes the ass and he he likes the knees. He's a big yeah, fan. Yeah, like knees. when the killer was uh, in the stairwell and we got his like ass shots. Well, there were a multiple, mostly male ass shots, though. It was yeah. all like kind of middle aged, really tight pants, ass looking slow mo. Yeah, slow mo. Yeah, <laughs> and there were a lot of free shots too. The form-fitting khakis that everybody was wearing back then. So it was like free slash slow mo. It's cool. Um, I do want to point out that since I've seen a lot more of uh, the regional cinema than I think you guys have, you should know that it's again all sizzle no steak. So I wasn't expecting any gratuitous nudity in this film whatsoever. I just kind of figured like, oh, it's another thing where, you know, someone shot something on the weekend. They have a little bit of like, you know, red paint to stand in his blood and they'll, you know, sell the sizzle at the stake. Whoa. Hence the title, Another Son of Sam, which has nothing to do with the Son of Sam mur murders. Nope. There's no talking dogs. There's no writing letters to the police. It's just literally this guy that was in a mental institution escapes. Um, and goes to a, a college dormitory for women and uh, hides out there while the police track him down. And most of the murder is not done by gun. And you know. mm -hmm. Although spectacularly, one murder is done by gun, but not by the it's, murderer. Mm -hmm. So uh, the SWAT team leader, who we affectionately referred to as Winda, because he kept on talking about, so what you're going to do there up uh, squad squad number four is you're going to repel off the roof, roof on a rope, and then uh, when you get down to the fourth floor, you're going to uh, swing over to the window, and then you're going to kick the window, and then when the, uh, the the killer comes over and opens up the curtain to see what's wrong with the window, uh, the sniper across the building will uh, will shoot into the window, and the bullet will pass through the window and, uh, and kill the killer dead. You can almost see Samuel L. Jackson going, say window one more time, motherfucker. It's funny that is pretty much the dialogue too. Graham was not exaggerating. And then every other time we were, we were like that, that the squad team leader showed up on screen, we were eagerly anticipating him saying "Winda," and he does, and he does every single time. It's so good. Like the best was like when he met up with the squad uh, squad team member number four who was going to rappel down the roof. He's like, "So that's your rope? Yep. So you're gonna you're, you're gonna go up to the roof? Yep. So you're gonna you're gonna rappel down? Yep. And uh, and then you're gonna you're gonna and we we're all just on the edge of our seat. Come on, say it, say it, say it." So then you're going to kick the window. Yes! We're like, yes! He's going to kick the window. And, the, and then seeing the squad team leader standing with the chief of police, Sergeant Flowers. Oh, Flowers. This middle-aged man who operated the phone and was a sergeant, whose name was Flowers, which was just perfect for his personality. And, uh, because he's such a cantankerous-looking man as well. Yeah. And, uh, and the uh, detective, or no, was he Lieutenant uh, Claude? Who was our? I yes. guess our main character. We're not entirely he sure. He was a de detective. He was a detective. Oh, hello. He's and Claude with the Lego hair. Lego yeah. hair. Yeah, he's Lego hair. Yeah, he had Lego hair, like a weird toupee that looked like. And Lego hair. he scratched his face with a gun. It's like, come on, man. Like, he's how away from this are trigger. you? He pulled a full like. Uh, it was a total Plan Nine from Outer Space movie. Just like all of a sudden, there's this really tense scene where. 
where they're like surrounded they've got the killer alone in the room and there's a girl still alive inside and so he's crushed down and the commissioner of police is right next to him and then all of a sudden he just reaches up with his gun and scratches his cheek (laughs) and you're just like come on man that also led into another awesome scene where there are these two bland cops at the other end of the hallway and one of them kind of like waves to the commissioner and the commissioner waves back all smiley and happy and the um and then claude asks him like why are you so friendly with that that uh, uniformed officer over there and the commissioner goes that's my (laughs) son-in-law and i said he's gonna die and he did and then there you anticipated the dialogue where oh yeah yeah. when when what am i gonna say to my son-in-law no what am i gonna what am i gonna tell my daughter daughter? yeah that's and then he literally said what am i gonna tell my daughter because that's what you do in these movies and i love it so much i gotta i do have to say i love this movie it it like stretch so hard to reach its 70 minute running time the opening scene of them on the boat in the water which has nothing to do with anything else in the entire movie other than hey we rented a boat let's shoot on it and then it's followed by like the 10 minute singing sequence at the disco johnny charo johnny charo Johnny Charo. (laughs) they don't even disco dance at the disco there's a disco ball they have a a guy with like white sequin pants yes he's singing this like really lengthy schmaltzy ballad and it's great and he's got a, a his shirt is aggressively unbuttoned and his chest here is just attacking the frame of the camera. <laughs> yeah, you remember Elvira from Scarface? She yeah. always wore those. Like, yeah, yeah. Really, like, and he, you know, those really low V-neck dresses. That was really in, yeah. in the 70s. And can we not yeah. forget Early about 80s. the... Uh, about the film light that's used oh, as yeah. if it's so so a so, light that's part so of the disco. I noticed it right away. Um, is that there's this like when they cut to side shots of uh, Johnny Charo singing his disco torch song. There's clearly like they're doing the effect that a lot of movies do, where they have him a hard light source behind him, so like it kind of looks like his head is glowing. And every now and then he'll move, and it'll hit the camera, and it'll cause a lens flare. It's very, it's very aesthetically interesting, and it's artistic. But the thing is, most times people use the sun, or they, you know, re, you know, they hide a light to simulate another light. This one, it's just the light. It's just a film light on a stand in the disco right beside him and they do nothing at all to hide it whatsoever and it's nope. great it's just like the director's it's just like, another light yeah it, it yeah. very it felt like this film probably the production of this film was like how they depicted ed wood in the film ed wood which is uh so hey um uh, david a adam um that's the director Dave a. yeah so dave a is the producer writer director stunt coordinator choreographer casting director editor and probably a thousand other things too. It's like another John DeHart. John DeHart. But he didn't go that extra mile of actually starring and singing yeah, in the no, movie. Yeah, no, unlike John DeHart. Right. And I believe he write, wrote his own, you know, the music for it. Right. Uh, did, did we check to see who played Johnny Charo? Maybe it was Dave A. Adams. Dave A. Adams. <laughs> I don't know. But let's not sully the good name of John DeHart with the, comparing him to this film. Um, sully? Are we selling it now? I don't think maybe not. Dave so Adams is his movie. own entity. Yeah. I do. I do. It's Dave, just it's his own thing, as you guys were saying. Another thing we noticed is um, kind of a complete lack of any sort of insert or um, coverage shots. Yeah, everything was one shot. It was there's this great shot where in the the second shot of the film because the rest like the first shot is this guy just like boating up to a boathouse, 
and then he gets out of the boat, and then it cuts around to uh, to a shot, and it's literally him and his girlfriend walking all the way up the dock from the boat to the backyard, which has a pool, around the pool, up the steps from the pool to the second thing in the house, and they just keep talking, and they keep walking. There's no cutting whatsoever there's no coverage and then there's a scene of like all these three cops in the woods and like i love inventive wonders but this is just literally someone with a zoom lens and a camera <laughs> fixed on a tripod just like swinging the tripod around and at certain points you can tell that like the actors move and the camera's not ready so the camera just stops and it's like oh crap and keeps moving <laughs> and also there's times you can tell that their their tripod was cheap because it would stick in certain places and you'd tell that they would there'd be a slowdown and then they'd have to shove it to keep moving Oh my god. I, know. I I feel so lost. I feel like I need to watch this movie again or something. And I, uh... Do you really? Should we? It's only 70 minutes long. We can watch it again tonight. I don't know. But every time I, I look back and I try to get my bearings, <laughs> yeah. I kind of get lost. Like, it just, it just, it was a little zany, like going there and there and back. And, yeah. A little zany. Going back to the single shot, like, just like the dude who's just like swinging down the wall, like, trying to get to the window. Oh and, like, my yeah, god. Yeah, it's just like, it's it's done so, it's so believably, yeah, it's, because in any other movie, it sounds like very sensationalistically, you know, like they swing down seconds later, they're like kicking in the window, but... <laughs> this is like this is like ten minutes. He's just like slowly coming down, like inch by inch. Inch by inch. He's like, not he, even repelling really well. I have a feeling that that guy wasn't. Like I was like, oh brother. Well, the thing is, I feel that that guy wasn't actually a SWAT team member or no, had any. No, no, no. But like also, like the way he repelled down isn't how a SWAT team member repels. Down. They don't repel down by just holding the rope tightly and then just no, briefly no. letting go and catching it again. Like this guy did brick by brick. They normally have like a pulley system that has a that they can like repel down with. And this guy just like inch in a little amount of time, not like. <laughs> having a fucking no. promenade out there. You know? Yeah, because there's an emergency and they need to get there fast to kick the window. It's like well, having a walk in the park on that wall. It's also the worst plan ever. The plan is you're going to kick the window. <laughs> kick the window. Then the killer's going to come to the window and we're going to shoot him. <laughs> but of window. course, naturally, the hostage checks the goes to the window. The hostage goes to the window. And then the, the sniper window. shoots the shoots the hostage through the window. And literally, the squad team leader, old window himself, says like well the hostage couldn't have checked the window would he would she <laughs> which is exactly what happened <sighs> this movie is so good <laughs> no, and also like the dude's like climbing down from like the 10th floor and like by the, by the end of the sequence he's he like at the second from floor the yes he's at the fourth floor but he, like, he came down from the 10th he should have just climbed up from the bottom really you would think so but that's not or they could have threw a rock at the window you know but no, well, well Winda's not very, um, how should I say, competent. Uh, no, he's, on not, how, he's not uh, at all. Uh, based on things, how things turn out with the hostage. I'm, I'm still like, what? What? You're not missing much, Lil. <laughs> well, then, then after after this plan just goes to shit, they um they employ his mother. The killer's oh, mother, right? And, and she comes. And, yeah, that's and when that's, I kind of. That's what they should have done to begin with. That's when I woke up. I'm like, oh, I took his mother to get him out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the the mother had a weird right thing. Right in the feels. <laughs> right in the feels. Because <laughs> there was there. Okay, so there was some flashbacks as he was being as the Henry, the another son of Sam, who was not another Harvey. son of Sam. Harvey, Harvey. sorry. Harvey. 
as he was being led into this hospital to be drugged and sedated. Harvey portrait of a serial killer. He also was, um, he had, he did. So the background is, is that he had done. So our, uh, Lieutenant Claude, is dating the head of the such a perfect name for this little Claude. Yeah, um, is dating a psychiatrist or a doc- uh, doctor? Yeah, doctor. I'd, I'd say a doctor. Yeah. 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 Remember, he needed his medication. Right, their euphemism for getting it on. Yeah, he needed medic. He needed to get medicated or something. He was also medical like, treatment. Uh, yeah, I've got medical I got treatment. Medical treatment for something I gotta show you. We <laughs> yeah. knew what he was we talking about. He wasn't being very subtle at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, um, so his, yeah, so, so the, uh, the love interest of Claude is a doctor who deals with the mentally ill. And so, um, uh, Harvey has just had electroshock therapy, but was still not subdued enough. So they actually had to like inject him with a sedative of some kind. Now that sedative didn't take him out. So as the entire time he's being, um, injected with the sedative, uh, he's having flashbacks to his mother saying like, no, I don't want to hurt you. This won't hurt a bit. And I'm just like, what is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. Then when the mother shows up at the end, she coaxes him out, and you think there's going to be something where he kills his mother, or he says, like, you did this to me, or something. But instead, he comes out, the mother's like, these men aren't going to hurt you, and they shoot him to death. But it might be the mother? They never really explain. Yeah, and, and interesting no, throughout... I don't think it's the mother. Uh, I, I, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. But um, interesting, all we ever get to see of Harvey throughout the film is his eyebrows... Really his eyes. thick eyebrows and his eyes, obviously, mm-hmm. and his which pants. are under his eyebrows his conveniently, <laughs> and uh, yeah, occasional shots of his khaki pants, and then it uh, either that or it's his first uh, POV. Pr- I'm doing perspective. the Bugs Bunny eyebrows right now, just thinking about his khaki pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the first person uh, shaky handheld camera when he's going through the uh, park and stuff yeah. like that, which was that handheld airflex from World War Two they were talking no, about. I, I, I loved it how you guys, at the time, you guys were screaming when the mother was like, these men out here, they're not going to hurt you. And you guys were like, don't listen to her. Don't buy it. I was like, come on, guys. This it's is the last mother, yeah. straw. This is the only one who will get him out, the mother. Mm. And she's here and she got him out. And and she lied to him one last time. Yeah. Yeah. One last Put time. Line and sinker. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, so then, someone's roommate. The is Heather is her name, the blonde girl. So yes. there's so there's three uh, in the entirety of this university. There's three girls at attendant and one crusty old dean. Now there was apparently a theft in the dean's office of something like five hundred dollars, and uh, two of the girls, the two brunettes in the film, who are killed were were one of them committed the crime and the other one knew about it so they were taking the cops there to be like oh get her she stole the money and then the blonde girl heather was their friend who had a really their whole pranking the thing was not really thought out so well so this one girl heather went to take a shower and then she was in there so long that when her boyfriend called um the roommate was like oh she must have fell asleep (laughs) and which prompted i think me to say (laughs) In the, shower? in the shower? So she goes to check the shower, and she opens the door, and then Heather goes, boo! And it's like, that's the freeze prank. Freeze frame, yeah. That's it's, the prank. And it's like a it's like a 10-second freeze frame. It's so weird, too. Yeah. Again, this movie is so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a moment where you think that there'd be gratuitous nudity, but there's not. And there's not. not, because it's a classy movie, Phil. Jeez, well, what do you I want? Mean, we tend to watch problematic movies so why would this be different 
problematic. What's problematic? Well, when you uh, find doesn't out everybody take a shower with their clothes off? <laughs> yeah, Phil. How do you shower? Are you a are you a never nude? Like Tobias in Arrested Development? Uh oh. Are you wearing jorts? Are you wearing jorts right now? Are you wearing jorts, Phil? Jorts and jutes. Well, as when you find out that these are um, all local newscasters, then you realize that, yeah, no, nudity would be a no-go. That would be a non-starter for most also, of these actresses. Also, it was a small but- regional film. They're not paying enough. I'm sure half those girls are doing it for school credit. Um, <laughs> school credit. <laughs> <laughs> you only like, look at their transcript. And it's like... <laughs> So I see here that in your uh, fourth sem- in your second semester in fourth year, you uh, have a credit for another son of Sam. <laughs> what is that? Oh, that's the acting credit I got. Okay. Um, so much goodness. So, anyways, Heather survives, although she we thought she might your, your die. Your definition of good is so so strange. My definition of good is 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 questionable. But like every but it, every time every every time you'll describe something something terrible and lousy, and you'll be like, this is so good. We terrible and lousy. We all got enjoyment. I don't believe in. Uh, I just want to state this because I've it's come up time and time again. We had a barbecue last week, and I showed some wacky films. And someone said, this is the best bad movie I've ever seen. And I had to tell them, it's not bad if you enjoy it. My attitude is not, it's so bad, it's good. My attitude is, so, it's so good, it's awesome. Is that the filmmakers missed a mark, but they hit an entirely different mark <laughs> that makes it so good. Much like the SWAT team when they shot into yes, the window. Yes, they missed the mark. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> They totally missed the mark, but hit something else, which made it way, way worse in their case. Through the window. So. What, you guys don't say window? I occasionally say winder. We all do now. Yeah. Uh, Tomorrow I'm going to be out, like, so, so, uh, so, uh, full disclosure, I have a a short. And waking. And. Waking on a night move. No, I'm waking. Like I'm waking like here. You mean I'm walking? I'm waking. Like, no, I can't. I can't play. I'm waking. Okay. I'm working. I know what you were saying, though. It's, it's, it's kind of a weird mishmash of, like, Brooklyn slash Southern that you're doing. <laughs> slash Middle Midwestern. Um, so yeah, so so I'm going to a TIFF party tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. I'm definitely going to be saying Winda all night long. For your nominated film. Yes. Graham, will you remember us after this? I should because Kit's in that film. <laughs> You'll be rubbing out elbows with Isabel Huppert and Lake Bell tomorrow and night. Director X and that guy that directed X. So, uh, I have to say right now, thank you so much to Kit Lewis, uh, who's sitting across from me. He has been featured in so many of my films, most of the time getting his head injured in some way, and it's finally paid off. We have a film in the TIFF uh, Instagram Short Film Festival, uh, sponsored by Uniqlo. Uh, I'm going to the awards ceremony tomorrow night. Kit is not coming, unfortunately, but I've been trying. I don't look good in a backless dress. That's why he didn't invite me. Mm, you feel bad. I'm, I'm, am I taking? Well, I'm taking. Be your lovely guest. My lovely guest is actually the other star of the film, Miss Ermina Perez, who is the sister of... What? Of Lillian <laughs> Perez. So, yeah. So it's it's a, it's a very much a death by video night out. Um, but yeah, so Kit, 
I'm, I'm, this is all going in. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for always being the De Niro to my Scorsese, no, the you. Campbell to my Raimi, the I don't know if that's true. The uh, Eigelman to my uh, Stillman. The W to my window. I like that. I've, I've been murdered yeah. in all but one of Graham's films. I'm going to point that out. Yeah, it was only the uh, the emoticon video. Oh yeah, I the underground music video. Wait, weren't you also in? No, <laughs> that's it. Don't worry, you'll survive the next one. Yeah. Or will so you? Nice. Dun dun dun. So, so another son of Sam. Final thoughts. Wow, Phil. Uh, yes, because we, we forgot to mention it. I wanted to. Uh, Yes, the bullet points. You read my mind, Kit. Right. So the film starts off with a list of, to get you in the mood for the film, a list of true serial killers who have murdered people throughout the United States. Go for it, Phil. All right. And among those serial killers, they didn't know the full name of Ted Bundy. He was Ted, I believe he was dubbed the Seattle Killer. Yeah, because he introduced, he introduced himself by his own name, Ted, but they didn't know his last name at, the point, at that point. I think they might have caught him that summer, or maybe it was just after or just before. I, I think they finally caught when they, they probably like no because they caught no, him and then he escaped from jail that's right yeah. yeah but I think that was later though I, I don't know the early 80s yeah probably because he was just operating in Seattle at the time and so and then he made his way down to California well, I think whenever it was it was I think it they, was I, 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 shortly after he was captured he did escape yeah it's true like, it was yeah, literally like the next day type killing of killing too yeah. but 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 I'm guessing it was like around a time like they ID'd his uh, Volkswagen Beetle and um... actually I think it was early on in that they weren't on to him yeah. yet so he yeah. really had a good because, because chance they, of getting away because they like 1974 in the bullet point credits I think we all owe a debt to those A&D um, what are those those called American Crime yeah. True Crime whatever they were I know I, I grew up we all grew up watching them on A&E actually Phil I'm glad that you're here um, Stranger Beside Me I still have that book that I, I read that took book out recently. from the yeah, library yeah. in high school. How was that book? It's not good. I didn't, I didn't read it. But yeah, um, it's funny because you posted recently that you've read it. You, yeah. you made it. You did a review on it and yeah, everything, yeah. which I couldn't access. I wanted oh, to, no. but I think I had it's to open it. I know, but I think I had to open an account or something to be able to read it. Really? Or, it's public. Or yours was like further down. Anyway, I scrolled Weird, next. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I wanted to find it. I wanted yeah. to check it out because I've read the book too and I yes. have it. Yeah. And yeah, I was into like reading up on that stuff. I think we all are. I think, um, I don't know, the ghosts have had a theme recently mm -hmm. with these serial killers. The I know, I think it's going to continue for like at least another two weeks. But I've always been fascinated by that. I remember seeing a um, an Unsolved Mysteries on the Zodiac Killer oh when I was... God, um, Unsolved Mysteries terrified the hell out of me as a child. Oh my god. And I was, I was scared shitless. Like, I thought I was going to encounter this, this mm -hmm. Zodiac Killer mm -hmm. on, on a walk. I was just a kid at the time. But. Yeah, I know. Well, the thing is, in Newfoundland, I would always visit my cousin's and on the weekends, they only had two channels. And my cousins, for some reasons, were impervious to being afraid of anything. So, like, they'd always watch 
America's Most Wanted or um, yeah, that's uh, unsolved, not terrifying at all. Yeah, yeah, unsolved mysteries would always be on like Friday nights and like yeah, watching it on their you know their their TV set that only got two channels and it, like was like a little bit of a hazy signal in that. As soon as that intro kicked in and like they lived way out in um, that's a terrifying intro. Oh my god, they lived out in uh, in a small small. Uh, Who's the host of that again? Robert, Robert Stack. Stack. Oh god, and he was always wearing a trench coat, just like coming out of the fog. <laughs> yeah. What the hell, dude? This is a TV show. Why are you outside? Couldn't you just be inside where it's nice and clean and warm? But um, but yeah, it always terrified me. We would always watch it, and then like I'd always be like awake at night, lying in bed out there. <laughs> and like they they lived in a very not isolated, but like their their town wasn't actually a town. It's actually classified as a settlement. Um, it's like less than fifty people live there, so there's lots of space between the houses. And you know, if, in the middle of the night, if I went up and looked out, you'd see like you know in the far distance like. Uh, some some street lights or street light as there would only be one per kilometer and it was just this eerie empty thing and you're like oh my god anything could be out there anything and yeah that's my story about Unsolved Mysteries because it would always freak me out because of my cousins <laughs> damn cousins no no they're good people but still god but like just we grew up in this weird 80s era yes. where like every week there's hey there's a serial killer loose yes. probably around you that's exactly what I was kind of trying to say and also Stranger Danger was big as well totally but Lil what were you yes. saying yes yes and also alien encounters oh yeah and haunted bunk beds <laughs> oh man I thought the aliens were gonna land any week like it was just like it wasn't it wasn't when it was a matter of you know it was a matter of when not if I, I used to I used to for for at least a couple of years after seeing one of these alien programs probably fire in the sky or something oh god I, uh, I would put that traumatized me I would, at age nine I would sleep with the blanket over my head the thought being if the aliens come to my window and they can't see I'm in the room they'll just keep on going that's right <laughs> yeah but anyways, back to the true crime stuff. Like, oh my god, it was all like A and E just did so much true crime <laughs> stuff. It was great, and but yeah, I mean, there's always this attraction—not attraction, but just interest in like people that essentially what I like to call them is they're. I don't want to. How do I put this for show killers? They're like non-humans because okay. we all are a part of a society. We all have this unwritten contract with each other to not violate these rules. And serial killers are people that those rules, for some reason, they don't believe that it applies to them. And that makes them dangerous. Yes. Uh, it, it's also an interesting look at different upbringing and uh, just different ways of life. Well, it's also fascinating because, totally. because they are humans. They exactly. are human beings who have a slight glitch mm -hmm. Which causes them to do these terrible things, yeah. and it's just—it's fascinating, it's fascinating learning about them, um, learning about their modus operandi and how they. Uh, some of them were like um, very ritualistic in the way they did things. Some of them weren't, and mm -hmm. it's just very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what would bring somebody to think that way or do those kind of things in a way they're just very some of them and i know that's how they like to see themselves but in a way they're like very dark artists um using crime as their canvas and murder as their canvas and it's just it's no they're just really fucked up yeah that yeah too. don't romanticize a kid god and as the hosts of uh, my favorite the podcast my favorite murder I always like to bring mm -hmm. up with serial killers is that the common theme is that the vast majority of them have suffered head injuries of some sorts oh, at yeah. a very early age yeah or not in the case of Ted Bundy and that's Jeffrey true Dahmer, oh yes 
Uh, there Berkowitz. are always exceptions. I know. That's the, well. That's that's the thing. Is like I've read so many things about like they talk about like what's the pattern for a serial yeah. killer, and they realize there really is no pattern. It's a very <laughs> bizarre situation where some people, for some reason, just it's how far somebody will go to alleviate themselves. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, like Dave Berkowitz, mm-hmm. uh, son of Sam. There was no pattern there. He was no. just running around with a gun. He was adopted. That was, was his also big insane. issue. Insane. Yeah, but now he's sane again. Model prisoner. Mm-hmm. Because he's on the meds. But then there are people like Paul Bernardo, where it's like they were declared insane but guilty, and thank God because he's never getting out. I hope he listens to this. Screw you, Paul. <laughs> Screw you. Cute. He's gonna weep into his copy of American Psycho, and yeah, exactly. He didn't understand American Psycho for one thing. Um, no. Oh, Paul. Yeah. And Carla, no, not many people you're did. out there too, working with children. I know. Not anymore though, because <laughs> that that story broke. So, you jerks that ruin society for everyone, you're not welcome here. If you're listening to this podcast, guess what? In every single one of these movies that we watch, the good guys win, the bad guys lose, except for Zodiac Killer, which I realize right now. <laughs> um, oh, do we have any further final thoughts? Kit. Jesus. Um, that was a ghost. That was me knocking over a fan in this old uh, building. Kit, final thoughts. Um, I, I guess I just sort of expressed them with just talking about uh, fascination mm-hmm. with serial killers. and uh, Even this film wasn't... Um, yeah, it wasn't made about the son of Sam. No. But he just tried to cash in on that. Yeah, it was a cash in. But it's still the same kind of fascination with what that impulse mm-hmm. is that drives somebody to. Uh, well, well, that's the horror. Like so many of the like, I love '80s slasher films, and and like what I what I love about them is is their simplicity. Like, there's no real makeup other than there's nothing more terrifying than than. Although now we know much more about mental health, so it's it kind of comes across as offensive, but. There is a person who escapes from the mental institution or psych ward or loony bin, as they used to say, and it's just a dangerous X factor out in the woods or out in society, like not operating by society's rules, killing people. And that's what's terrifying about them is that it's some a human who doesn't abide by human rules. We, we also think of it as a modern invention. Like even uh, even in this film, Another Son of Sam, the first bullet point they use is Jack mm-hmm. the Ripper, which I guess is most people's first um, thought when yeah. they think of the start of this type of uh, murders but I'm, I'm sure it goes although I do love the fact that they got way the, back the, as one of the first serial killers but yeah identify but I'm sure it goes yeah. way way well back. like Elizabeth it Bathory just wasn't, yeah. Elizabeth Bathory there's like been stories of like you know different people in, in Greece and Mesopotamia that like just killed lots of people can I just say something I I, I sure it was fun to watch but I I'm just kind of lost on what the message is. I didn't feel any. I didn't really feel I, anything about it. I don't think the film's it. that sophisticated. Okay. I th- uh, yeah, <laughs> it's and, not at all. And, and and I didn't really feel anything about serial killing or anything like that. Anything of the sort. I didn't really come in touch with any sort of. No, I think the film is more like no. this guy with the twitchy eyebrows is a killer. That's well, about well, it. It's yeah. it's a pop boiler because it, it's like yeah, yeah it's, it's it's not much a second feature. It, it is well that's like like we were saying is that the, a lot of these regional features they clock in at around 70, 72 minutes. And the reason being is that they are on the double half of, of a top bill. So this might be on the double half of a top bill with like a re-release of Dirty Harry or maybe mm-hmm. a Dirty Harry sequel came out. And it's like, okay, so this is going to play all around these drive-ins mm-hmm. in like Seattle and Chattanooga. And we'll put this 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 hostages movie 
And it was only after the Son of Sam killings in New York City that they added this title to it, Another Son of Sam. This film itself doesn't have anything to do with serial killers. They added those bullet points at the start and got a lot of those facts wrong, by the way, because they listed that Jack the Ripper, Ripper killed 15 women. He only... So they literally made this movie and then kind of in line with the times incorporated that other stuff into it, right? Totally. This also uh, reminds me a lot of, and I can't remember the movie, but it was a made-for-TV movie about the the infamous uh, sniper in Austin, Texas, and the in the tower at the University of was the yeah, University of Austin Charles Whit- Whitmer what Whit- something and we'll look it up. But it reminded me of that because again, that was a thing. Like if you've seen that TV movie, um, which I saw, it was from the seventies. I saw it in the nineties on TBS. Right. Well, yeah, it basically just tells the story of these cops going up the tower to try and like take them down. Charles Whitman. Charles Whitman. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the infamous uh, uh, bell tower sniper. But again, we watch these films for seventeen. He killed. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. He was. Um, but he's not considered a serial killer because he's considered a mass murderer because he killed everyone at once. Serial means you kill one, then another, then another, then another. So we've been diving deep into this dark, depressing well, Lillian. Yeah, how did this happen? How did this? The ghosts are angry. Yeah, like, did they say anything to you, Graham? Did they kind of hint you into, like, why they're leading us onto this path of... The ghosts are from Montreal, and they've had it with their Montreal bashing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be sorry now. Tabernak, Putin, yeah. Toi pistol. That was the worst yet. Rock wasin. Rabbit happened thanks to you. And Tommy Tricker. And the stamp traveler. Um, <laughs> no, so, so no, 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 no. We, 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 travail. We kid. We love. We love our Montreal listeners. All two of you, um, who are probably very depressed that they're in Montreal, not Toronto, right now. Oh, those are my friends, listeners. Oh, really? <laughs> Your friends? Oh, my God. Do you have friends in Montreal that listen to this? I am so sorry. Okay. I had no idea anyone in Montreal listens to this. I told you when I was in Montreal, I got those two extra <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> well, they're not subscribers anymore, are they now, Phil? <laughs> Stay with us. Stay with me. Come on, I'll sing Rod Stewart for you. All right, P. Oh, my God. Montreal. You're one of a kind. Just, 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 you know, have a, uh, have a Molson Canadian, eat some poutine. Yeah, just stop right there. Some good hearty people. I'm reading the tin flute right now. It's just, just wonderful people there. It's fabulous. Um, so on that note, let's dig out the board that tells us. You with that, eh? Huh? I can't believe we got two, two whole listeners <laughs> in Montreal. Yeah. You couldn't believe it. I'm very shocked. Has your faith in Montreal uh, increased or? No. Oh. Wow. We still have no listeners in Scarborough. That's fine. <laughs> You're okay with that? We don't mock Scarborough. Why don't we ever mock Scarborough? You oh, vast oh, wasteland of nothingness. Um, we love you for your gritty aesthetic and your old school motels and your bluffs. The Scarborough Bluffs are beautiful. I was out there shooting a commercial for a uh, unnamed Canadian electronics store chain where we featured Santa Claus on a beach. And you got lots of candy canes out of it, right? I did. 
Um, Christmas in July and August and September. Yeah. Guys, I'm really excited about Christmas this year, I gotta say. Like, already. We've got our Lego advent calendars in at work already. Nice. Oh, snap. I'm stoked for Halloween. Actually, I didn't get out my pumpkin yet, but it's, it's coming out. I'm just, uh... I, I don't get stoked for Christmas until December. I guess I came to terms this year with the fact that I'm a sucker for fall and winter. I gotta say. Best time I gotta of the year. say. It fall is. especially. I love fall. It is. like Just when I was like out earlier today, just like bringing my garbage cans up from the street because it was garbage night last night, it just it was like a just feeling of like, this is a comfortable time to be outside. I'm not sweating to death. I'm not freezing. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's just good temperature right. right now. Yeah. That late summer temperature. Yeah. So that being said, I'm going to drag out the good old VG board to determine our future for next week. Now. I'm nervous. I know. Let's all lay our hands upon the VG board. So. Um, Pamela, you get in here too. Put a, put a palm down. A paw. Paw. All right. Paw. So the first, first letter of their movie that we're watching next week is. C. Oh, is it, is it a Christmas movie? Oh. No, it's not. P. Y. C. No, oh, I know what this is. A. T. Copycat. Copycat! <gasps> Whoa! More on our true crime theme. Who could have seen that coming? Goodness. I'm so excited. I can scream. With Harry Connick Jr. And Sigourney Weaver. And Holly Hunter. And Dermot Mulroney. Oh, yeah, him. Uh, Dermot Mulroons from he was in, Zodiac. He was in everything. And uh, Career Opportunities. You remember that movie, Kit? Opportunities. I don't. I was just shout out to my sister. She'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I was about. trying to remember the Christmas movie. <laughs> Does with she him even in listen it. to this? I don't think so, but um, <laughs> she's seen Copycat, so she's gonna be excited. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. He was in my. He was, anyways, I don't remember that one. He was in my best friend's wedding. Yeah, yeah I know mm-hmm. that. So and wasn't he also in While You Were Sleeping? Or am I no, thinking? No, no, that's Bill it's Pullman. Bill Pullman. Oh. And uh, who was the guy who was eyebrows. sleeping though? Um, Bill. Bill Pullman. No, no, no. Eyebrows. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, the guy, dad from the OC. Um, I don't know. From Sex Lives and Videotape. Oh, Peter Gallagher. Gallagher. Good old Petey Gals, yeah. Yes. So with that being said, I have been Graham. I've been Phil. I've been Kit. And uh, please be sure to rewind, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
I say it again. <laughs> 